Welcome back to another episode of Crunch Time. Today's special guest is co-host of the Home and Away podcast, Caleb Lawrence. Please check them out now on all streaming platforms, YouTube, and all social platforms as well. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. James catches, puts up the three. Long go. Rebound, Bosch. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. How's it going, everybody? I'd like to welcome you to this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast, and here we are with Caleb Lawrence. How you doing, Caleb? Good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Hanging in there. I think maybe I don't know what's weather like up there in North Dakota right now. Oh, we're in a we're in a heat wave. Let me check. <laughs> Twenty five degrees right now. Twenty five. Well, we just Feels finally... like twelve heat wave. <laughs> We broke, we broke, uh, we broke over the the twenty threshold finally for our third week in Kansas City. We we're actually thirty seven and sunny, so technically we are doing better than North Dakota. But I thought with the way we'd been, you guys might do a little bit better. But uh, we were, uh, let's see, I want to say, like beginning of the week, it was when I would wake up, it was like negative twenty seven, wind chill of like negative forty. Yeah, it was crazy, bro. Yeah, so. crazy. So, uh, so for those of you who don't know, Caleb is Jacob Lawrence, our first episode guest on the Crunch Time podcast, his older brother. Um, so, Caleb, why don't you go ahead and start and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, so for the people who don't know you as well as I do. Yeah, so, uh, like you said, my name's Caleb. Um, most people know me as, as Jacob's brother from probably this area, like <laughs> uh, Warrensburg area. Anybody who's like who's listening right now, a lot of you might know me as Jacob's brother. Uh, so I'm two and a half years older than Cobb. Uh, again, from Bethalto, Illinois, which is like 25, 20 minutes from St. Louis. Uh, grew up there, played like as a kid, played everything, basketball, baseball. And uh, I like golf a little bit. And then through high school, played baseball and golf, actually got out of playing basketball, which is weird because, like, everybody asked me a lot, like, oh, were you good in high school? And I'm like, I didn't even even play. So um, it was, like, it was a lot that went into it, but but didn't play. And then uh, once I graduated, went to Linwood University in St. Charles, Missouri, and started as a student assistant or a manager there and uh, got in with their program and kind of fell back in love with the game of basketball and kind of the process of, of coaching and teaching and all the operation stuff that goes into it. Uh, so we had a coaching change there, transferred to a school, uh, SIUE, Southern Illinois University. It's a smaller school. Uh, technically, athletics is D1 in the OVC, but, like, I didn't do anything there. Just went to school, lived at home, and coached uh, our eighth-grade basketball team at the in the school district that Cobb and I both grew up in. Uh, so from there was also working with Gateway Basketball Club, which now they're Under Armour, but at the time were Adidas Gauntlet team. And so worked with our 16s there. Uh, so got to work with like some high level high school athletes and, and be in, I would say, the second most competitive sneaker circuit in the country. And from there was really in contact with Coach Carlskin a lot and the other coaches at UCM and talking about coaching stuff and kind of where they saw 
like GA opportunities lining up because uh, they knew that if possible, I wanted to be where Cobb was to do my GA stuff for, for his senior year and kind of just happened to work out to where they were needing one as I was graduating. And like I kind of said on our, our thing the other day, uh, it was graduation was on Saturday, I think, and I was living in Warrensburg on Monday. So it was a quick turnaround to, to go out there and learned a lot from that staff. Uh, really good guys, really good group of guys uh, all kind of brought me in and it was, it was good transition, I think, partially because I knew them ahead of time. So it wasn't like a brand new environment, but kind of tried to hit the ground running and had a really good year. And then met my wife and uh, instead of taking my second year as a GA there, moved up here to where uh, we're living in Fargo now. She's an athletic trainer at North Dakota State and I'm working full time at a credit union, but then doing skill development type stuff uh, in the evenings at a facility called Sanford Power. So still getting that basketball stuff in. It's just on a different level now, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So you did mention, so I got to experience this with you, you know, your, your grad assistant year at UCM. So kind of elaborate the feeling of that, you know, like not many, I don't think a lot of people can say that, like, you know, they got to be there on the staff for their their brothers like you know college basketball like the only other person I think I know of that like has done that is Cade Cunningham's brother I think's on Oklahoma State staff Mm -hmm. so you know and especially you get to be through senior year and you know I I think that was one of you know Cobb's best best years I'd ever seen him play in all my time at UCM so you know kind of kind of walk through that feeling being able to practice every day you know be involved with the team what was that like yeah it was it was cool and weird at the same time, man, because uh, obviously, like, I'd, I'd been working Cobb out for years at that point. Um, like, when he was home, I would be in the gym with him. Um, so, so, like, game-wise, I knew where he was at. I had a pretty good idea of, like, how his game was. Um, but moving into, like, a behind-the-scenes and seeing him every day, like, I even had a, a greater appreciation, I'd say, for his craft and the way he goes about stuff. Uh, Cause he, he is one guy who like really lives out, like wanting to be, get better. Like he's in the gym shooting, taking shots. Uh, for me, there's like a weird thing where like a lot of times you'll see uh, guys get idolized. Like if they have a bad game and then they shoot after the game and they're still in the gym, once everybody leaves, everybody's like, look at this guy has a bad game. And like, wants to be in the gym and like me and Cobb would laugh all the time. Cause like that stuff would get idolized, but like Cobb would be in the gym every day. And he's like, bro, just cause I'm not in there at 10 30. Cause we lost, like, doesn't mean I don't care about the game. And like, so I think it's like the daily process that nobody saw is the thing that I love the most about being there for him. Um, obviously senior year, like it was good, but hopefully would have been better. Um, had the injury and then there's a lot that lot that went on there and, we struggled as a team a little bit, but yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that's, you know, something that people don't understand is like how much work you put into it. And like, I never, you know, I wasn't associated with the staff at the time, but like being around you guys all the time. I mean, we were hanging out 24 seven when you guys were at practice or at a game. So, you know, just hearing the talk of the work ethic or like knowing that like, hey, you may not have been in the gym right after, but I know damn well you guys were getting up at 8 a.m. before practice to go get shots up or you were meeting him at the gym early. And I don't think a lot of people like know how to appreciate that until they see it. And I, I definitely right. get your point on that. That aspect. Right. Because he was like, 
so for those who don't know like he he had a pretty pretty bad knee injury like his senior year and like, like originally a strain, strained ACL we thought it was yeah like terrible. it was yeah like had movement in it so get medical on you like when they did the test like it was open like it was wide open so his knee was moving and doctor um and AT both were like no like he's done the night it happened like he's done ACL is gone <laughs> like <laughs> he's gonna have surgery type stuff um and then took some time off and eventually they were like well the MRI shows no tears if he can play he can play and so he would practice like realistically maybe once a week like he was not not practicing at all so we were putting in like a bunch of extra time outside of that to make sure that he could play because he was still playing like 30 minutes a game without practicing so we were doing pool workouts like five six days a week um me and him and like obviously it was good for him because like it was able to keep him in shape without being heavy impact on his legs but like it was good for me because we just had that time together and like we really grinded together it was cool because like at first I was like I was just chilling while he would do them like I would run him through it and then we started doing them together and like that helped us because like it was me pushing him and obviously he's a better athlete than me so I'm not even gonna say like I was pushing him but like just being in there together it was kind of like a throwback to when we were always doing everything together and, and kind of growing through that was, it was a really cool experience for me. Yeah. And I mean, technically it's competition for yourself though, too. You don't want to be let, let little bro beat you out. So, you know, definitely had that work ethic, but no, man, I think, I think it was a definitely a cool experience to be able to take in. And obviously it's a different perspective for me, but being able to watch and see all of this grow and like, you know, see how close you guys were. Cause you know, I, we'd hung out a couple of times when you'd come visit and stay when you weren't a GA. And then that time came once you did. And then just like, kind of like the whole pack grew and, you know, like able to like see everybody's like feeling like emotions for the team, which was really cool. So then also to touch onto that point, I remember attending this game. So your dad was able as an auction was able to sit on the bench with you and Cobb um, as a coach for one game. So how, how did that feel as well? Cause you know, like pops, Pops and like you said in your podcast, I remember Pops was driving, Tim's driving every week, coming to a game, going back home that night to Bethalto to go to work. Like he never missed a game if he didn't have to. And so, right. you know, being able to realize your all's dream of like watching the game, but all from the same point, not you and dad in the stand, then dad's still in the stand, dad's on the bench with you guys. Dude, it was crazy. So like going back to even like the night of the athletics auction. So at UCM, um, every every program does a coach for the day portion uh, of the auction and it usually brings in a good amount of money um, and, and going going like from Cobb's freshman year the first time my dad went to the auction he was like senior year I'm buying coach for the day and we were like dad like no you're not bro like you're just not <laughs> gonna do that because one like we just didn't think he would and two like my parents don't spend money like that so like I ain't never seen him do it so we were just like no like you're not gonna do that and then so uh while I was GA I was working the auction and my dad my mom and uh like a couple of my aunts and uncles were at the auction and I saw like I'm over working on the side as I hear him go through the live auction stuff and they do the coach for the day uh and they they sell one and then I hear them say, like, does anybody else want another one at that price? 
And I was like, didn't think anything of it. And all of a sudden, like my uncle comes over and it's like, your dad bought that. And I was like, there's no chance. <laughs> there's no chance he bought that. Bro. And so I go find him. I was like, did you guys just buy that? And he was like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm going to be on the bench. And I was like, that sick. <laughs> let's go. So he came out and like the whole like month leading up to it was so cool. He was like talking to me about what he wanted to wear and like what he should wear and like what should happen on game day and stuff and then with me being on staff like he didn't have to have like somebody he didn't know showing him around and like he knew the staff pretty well like Cobb was Cobb was their first four-year player and so they had like a good relationship but still it was like just me and him hanging out basically getting as close as you can get to watching Cobb play basketball and it was sweet dude because we were like standing there during warm-ups just talking and watching and I don't know that like, unless I do something similar with my kids, like I'll ever have a cooler sporting experience in my life, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. And definitely like being in attendance for that game, it just was like kind of cool to see. Cause like your dad's like very like quiet, but he's animated at times. So like, you know, in the pregame warmup, I see him, you know, getting hype with the players. He's dapping everybody up in layup lines and he's got his blazer on sitting on the bench. And I'm just like, man, this is awesome. Like, it's just like a cool, surreal moment. And then at the same time, a lot of people don't know, but Tim had drip back in the day. This man back with the mullet and the chain and the stash and he just great guy love your dad and it was he just was great. uh yeah. he was swagging out for sure for yeah sure. so we'll kind of switch gears here on this next topic so obviously um if those of you who have followed in so far or seen me personally on my um social media Caleb is a host with Cobb on the new Home and Away podcast. You guys have two episodes in so far. I feel like we're kind of going the same stride, like kind of we released on the same week. So kind of walk me through on um, why you and Cobb decided to start, start this podcast. So it was something that we like realistically have been talking about. It feels like it's been months or like years even like, always talking about it would be cool to either like start YouTubing about something or start a podcast just because like we like to like BS and talk to each other and stuff and it got to the point where like we were our schedules were really busy well mine was and like he's just with the time difference it was weird and we weren't getting to like talk on the phone or play video games or hang out as much as we were before and we were like dude this would be like a really cool way for us to make sure that we're basically hanging out every week because uh, obviously we're really close um he's been my best friend since we were little kids so like being away for so long and like both of us are far away from home he's farther than me obviously but like and then being even farther away from each other um it was just something we were like yeah this this is gonna be cool we should definitely do this um we think we could kind of bring a cool spin on stuff and and bring some unique perspectives as well as if nobody else listens besides our family, like we're going to have fun talking every week. And like, it's just going to be an hour for us to hang out. And that was the biggest thing for us. And from there, we kind of just ran with it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I feel that like that. I think I kind of like had that same mindset. Like if the, if the homies don't like, you know, as long as like, we're watching and this is all that listens and like, cool. Like, as long as I get to like talk to all my friends and people I know about like things I care about, then like, you know, it's going to be a whole, whole different situation. And I definitely think that, you know, it's, 
it's a good also it's a good way of like just like stress relief bro like you're able to talk about whatever you want how you want you run your own platform so you know you kind of like you're kind of like you're not technically a business but you're like your own entity so like you get to control how you do things you get to make it how you want you know you don't have to conform to anybody's one suggestion which i think is really nice um so with rolling onto that what hopes do you have in the future for this it's it's weird right because i mean uh, I don't know about you, but like, I'm a huge podcast guy. Like I barely, I rarely listen to music anymore. Like if I'm in the car or if I'm at work, like I'm just listening to podcasts. So like unrealistic maybe, but like high hopes is like that we grow into a podcast that's like, if not nationally, like on a regional level is pretty well-respected and well-listened to. Um, and to where like, we're not by any means like living off of just podcasting but if we can turn it into like you said an actual like entity where um we do have a little bit of weight and like we have some sponsorships and like we're able to do some cool stuff out of it that would be ideal for me because uh i mean it's fun to do it on your own but like to grow it into something to where you can be like wow we really built that from uh the two of us like just talking about it in a text group to now we're actually like running a little bit of business and we're putting some content out that people actually look forward to and care about. Like that would be really cool for me and kind of be the the top notch of what I'm looking for. Yeah, for sure. I definitely look into the way those things are taken. You know, you think a lot of guys like podcasting is, I feel like becoming more of a thing as well too. I mean, you taking the, I mean, and I'm just a such sports junkie. I mean, I listen to all the smoke with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. I listen to the Bill Simmons podcast and bill simmons started the ringer and he ends up like there's like i heard there's like 50 podcasts of different sports different things like he's on four or five different people's shows they got the ringer they've got bill simmons he has the book of basketball jj reddick the old man in the three like there's a lot of good sports podcasts like with guys who like have been around longer than us so it's cool to see a perspective like that and like obviously it gives you something to reach for because like you know i want to be able to say i can get maybe i'm speaking this in the future but shan sharp club shay shay right. you know like he like you they're just getting guys like travis kelsey you know they're getting former nba players espn analysts and it's cool to see perspectives from different people that like you don't really hear from because sometimes like these guys are writers or you know jj reddick's not the most popular guy in the nba or liked but like i like him as a person and the way he thinks and it's cool to like see like because you know they're not in the face of the media every night they're not you know so you get right. like a different perspective. Yeah. And it's like you said earlier, like you get your own, uh, you get your own voice and your own platform at that point. Like JJ Reddick to me. Uh, and I mean, JJ Reddick has been my favorite basketball player since I was a kid. Like I, I fell in love with Duke and I fell in love with JJ Reddick at the same time. Like I was falling in love with basketball for the first time. So like people still ask me to this day, who is your favorite NBA player? Like kids that I work out and they're all like, mine's Steph, mine's, LeBron mine's KD like and they're like who's your favorite player and I'm like JJ Reddick and they're like oh he's trash and I'm like get out of here bro y'all don't know anything like to that's this what I'm day. saying like nobody <laughs> knows like those days man like right. there's a so lot of like to this day JJ Reddick is like my favorite player so coming out of Duke he was very hated like very much so because he was just like the the cocky like 
good as shit, gonna bust in the NBA. The next Duke Christian Leitner. Yeah, like, yes. yeah. Like, and, like, everybody hated him because if you don't love Duke, you hate Duke. And, like, you thanks. hate their best player. And that's just, like, he brought it on himself, too. But now he's gotten to the point where, like, he's extremely respected and, like, people love listening to what he has to say. And a lot of that, I think, is because of that podcast route that he's taken. Um, and it's, like, easier for them because they're NBA players. So, like, you have a following already. But, like, when you look at things like one podcast that I listen to pretty much every week is it's called uh, Foreplay, and it's a barstool podcast about golf. And, like, these dudes literally just started talking. Like, they didn't work in the golf industry. They didn't do anything. Like, they were just – working and decided they wanted to they liked golf wanted to talk about it and started a golf podcast and now it's like one of the highest like highest rated golf podcasts in the in the world and like have a huge following just got sponsored by taylor made like that's the tippity tippity top for like yeah boys starting to talk i i definitely think that you know i'll have to check it out i haven't really listened to any really golf podcasts i love watching like when you know big tournaments are on the fedex championship to masters and stuff like that but definitely like it's cool to see things like that like come into existence you know or like for example pat mcafee dude has been one of the biggest and funniest like guys on podcasting and he literally just like randomly retired from the nfl and said i just want to do this like i just want to bullshit with my boys and then next you know he's a part of the barstool like brand and like able to do whatever he wants and he's just yeah and it's just cool to see like those things like from those platforms um no doubt so next topic college basketball jalen johnson since we're talking about his duke fans jalen johnson just uh decided to opt out for the rest of the season um it's kind of sucks to see a a 19 year old kid um who has a chance to be in the nba and the reason why he's taking away is so he can get healthy prepare for the draft a lot of hate and criticism I've checked Twitter and I don't like look at his like name specifically to like see mentions, but like a lot of talk. And it, I think it like, is something like, you know, I feel like needs to be addressed. Cause like a lot of people just like don't understand, like he's doing what's best for him and right. thinking he's quitting. Cause Duke's not really the best team this year, not even ranked, you know, they might not make the tournament and he's, receiving a lot of hate and i just want to kind of elaborate on like why people like you think are acting like that way i mean i think you'll get you'll get that anytime it's not like either traditional or what the fan quote unquote wants to see because i mean you saw the same thing last year with james wiseman and james wiseman was even a little different i'd say like his was he had some uh eligibility issues and stuff coming out like where Jalen Johnson, like trying to get healthy and stuff. But my thing is, dude, like, first of all, you're going to see this more often. So if you don't like it, you should probably just stop watching college basketball. Cause especially as guys are starting to be able to build their own brand and like this name image likeness stuff grows, guys are going to be able to make money and like put themselves in good situations, either as college athletes, or they're going to come out of the season and they're just going to do what's best for themselves. Because I'm sorry, like if you're a top five, top 10 pick, and you can either play through some injuries and stay there or fall or get hurt worse. And then you're not getting drafted at all until like second round or two years later. Like at that point, it becomes a fairly easy decision. But like you'll hear people, especially like it's a lot of older people be like, oh, he's he's quitting on his team. He doesn't care. He's not competitive. Like 
that may be like true that people nowadays don't like compete quote unquote like they used to back in the day like but people are smarter they know that everything's a business right duke's making millions of dollars off of him um the ncaa is making millions of dollars off of him and he knows that like if he takes his time and he gets healthy he's gonna get paid too and at the end of the day it's about taking care of like yourself and the people around you and if you look the the people who are actually involved with it like john shire was putting out like words of encouragement to him and stuff like the people within the program whether it's a facade or whether it's their real feelings like if they have his back like why should you as a fan who has never been in any type of environment where like you're at a high level of competition and stuff like why do you even get a, a valid opinion and i know that kind of goes back on what we were saying about like everybody gets their own platform but yeah. at the same time like who are you to judge a 19 year old who's like trying to make one of the biggest decisions of his life and and that's part of the good and bad of social media and stuff like this is it's really good because everybody does get to have their own platform and everybody can share their opinion but at the same time it's like somebody who's making this huge decision who like probably has mixed feelings about it like you don't get to this level of basketball without caring about competing and caring about winning so he's probably has mixed feelings already and then just to absolutely get destroyed on every social media platform is like it's got to be hard for a 19 year old yeah for sure and i think you know for the fact of you know the matter people just like don't understand like he's not like gonna go just do a normal desk job like us like he's not gonna just get a job with the company like his job is to play basketball so if he can't perform at the highest level he's not gonna get paid he's not gonna be able to take care of his family and i think a lot of people like you know we're trying to say backlash of oh you know, it's his, like, him and Coach K were disagreeing. He's upset with the season, the way Duke's played. Yeah, that may be so, but I guarantee you everybody else on the roster is upset just as much as him. And, you know, that is a tough decision. You don't want to make your teammates mad. You don't want to upset your coaching staff. But at the end of the day, everybody supported him on it. Everybody's like, I get it. It's what's best for him. You know, like, it, and it's going to happen more and more. We see guys going overseas to play instead of dealing with the college drama. A lot of people said last year Zion shouldn't have returned, but like that's just different opinions. Zion would have rather Zion had the option to sit out. That was just his personal choice. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like it happens based on like everybody's own personal choice and their brand. Like you said, branding is important. If he knows he's going to be a first round pick, get healthy and go be a top potential top 10 pick. Like, regardless of how he finished the rest of the season, he's still going to be drafted high based on potential. So. Right. And like everything doesn't happen in a bubble. Every decision isn't the same. So being like, well, Zion came back and stuff like it's not the same. Like there's no one decision that any person makes. That's exactly the same as something else. So like, yeah, to, to just, I don't know, hate on the kid relentlessly because he made the decision that he felt was best for himself and his future and his family. Like, I can't get down with that at all. Yeah, for sure. And I think it refers to the same situations as like Cade Cunningham. It's nothing wrong with him, but a lot of people bash him because he's a number one kid in the recruiting class. He chooses to go to Oklahoma State where his brother's at, like the staff. And everybody's like, oh, he's just doing it because Oklahoma State's cheating. His brother's on the staff. That's the only reason why they got it. It's his own decision. If you don't want to go to a power five blue blood like Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, like so be it. He don't want to go to the West Coast. He wants to be where he feels comfortable, where he thinks he's going to get the best development. And I think 
not having to play with a lot of other guys has given him the chance to showcase everything he has. So that ended up actually helping him in his draft stock. Same thing with Jalen Green and those guys in the G League. The G League is going to become a bigger route. And I think people just need to understand, like, until players are paid in college, it's it's just going to be different avenues and different opinions and choices. And I don't right. think and, a lot of people understand that. Every situation for every kid is different. Like, if it's if it's a kid coming up who's well off and, like, has dreamed about playing college basketball their whole life, like, yeah, they're probably still going to play college basketball. But if it's a kid who came up and, like, they were fighting for their meals and stuff, like, if the G League's offering them – X amount of money to come play. I'm in pretty sure college. it's like 500, 500k. Right, I think, for like, a year. You can go to college and get in trouble for taking something extra. Like it's an easy decision in that situation. So like you're gonna have a whole bunch of different stuff happening, and like it might honestly improve the quality of college basketball over time because you're gonna see more. There's a chance you see more like three, four, five year guys because those one and done guys might move out and like everybody complains about the one and dones and then they're going to start complaining that, Oh, well the best players don't even play in college anymore. But like, you have to make a decision at some point of what you want and like, understand that these kids have the right, like to do what's best for them and their family. So, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the more that they have freedom to make decisions, the more different paths you're going to see. Yeah. And I definitely agree with you, but I think with the way the pandemics happened, and I kind of talked about this a little bit on my last episode, but with the way the pandemics hit and no fans and, you know, the way that the top programs are suffering, I honestly think it's made college basketball more watchable this year. You know, like we don't have a, a clear cut winner of who we think is going to be the national championship. I mean, obviously Gonzaga and Baylor are like the, still the two teams that like have been the top dominating, but you know, Kansas isn't ranked. Duke's not ranked. Kentucky's not ranked. Like these teams are all having their worst years, North Carolina well as well. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more three or four year teams. Iowa's up there. Baylor's up there. We have Gonzaga, you know, we've, we've had a lot of different teams fluctuate, but you look at their programs, they don't have a lot of five-star one and done freshmen. They've got a couple four stars, maybe one five-star from a couple years ago. And those guys are just, trying to build it so they can get drafted, you know, like I think, uh, you know, one of the best, like right now too, also shout out to our, uh, our boy, Austin Reeves at Oklahoma. He has been killing it senior year. And like that Oklahoma team is built perfect. They're, they don't like long Kruger has gotten a team full of like three or four year guys buy in and the success on the court is happening. You know, they're, they're dominating the big 12 with Baylor. Right. And there's like always outliers to every rule or whatever. Um, But the recipe generally to succeed is like you can get through the regular season and be really good with just like a really young, really talented team. But when it comes um, to March, like you have to have some type of experience to win. Like you need to have somebody who like the, the Quinn Cooks of the team who like has been here for four years and knows how to win basketball games and, and knows how to settle into high pressure situations. Like Duke doesn't win that national championship without Quinn Cook, in my opinion, like regardless of the talent they had with Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow and Jaleel, like they don't win if Quinn Cook's not on that team because yeah, like, having I mean, that leadership is huge. Yeah. And you look at that Wisconsin team, they were just more veteran Sam Decker, Frank Kaminsky, you know, a couple of those guards on that team. 
they were all three or four year guys. Like they are guys who had been in the tournament before been in the big. So like, you know, they're used to the spotlight. And so with Duke winning that, yeah, I agree with you without Quinn cook probably would not have won that 2015 national championship because you have somebody who's been in the moment, been in those big situations and just like leads you to the path to success. So, um, yeah. So then we'll kind of jump over to the NBA a little bit um, just to talk. Who is your hot team right now based on like who you, who you pulling for in this regular season stretch we're hitting? So um, just talking off of earlier, like JJ Reddick's my favorite player. Like I'm not a huge like team guy in the NBA. Um, yeah. So when JJ went to the new Orleans, like I was like, oh, the Pelicans are my squad. And most people are like, oh, you just want to jump on because Zion? And I'm like, no, actually, because they signed the old white dude, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they kind of got him on ice. I think he's going to end up getting traded. So, like, mostly because they've been doing well for me in our picks over uh, in our podcast, I'm rocking with the Jazz right now. Those boys, the way they play, dude, offensively, it is poetry in motion to watch them move the ball and take great shots like the jazz the jazz play so well and and they're going to be a team i don't know how it looks in playoff time because to me nobody's getting past lebron and the lakers like they're too deep and too good and like playoff lebron's just a different animal but regular season at least utah might end up being the best team in the west i uh was looking um, the other day I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast with uh, Kevin O'Connor and they were talking about on pace. So I looked up the stat. If they were in a regular 82 game season, they'd be on pace for 67 wins right now. They Jeez. are, they are playing some of the best basketball I have seen. I've tuned into a couple games. Um, kind of just go over their statistics since January 8th, they lost They lost a game, and then uh, January 8th, they won. And then from that period, they were 5-4 and four from that win. And then since then, they're 24-6, and 20-2 and two in their last 22 games. Their only losses were to Denver and then last night to the Lakers – or to the Clippers, and, or two nights ago to the Clippers, whichever night they lost. But the, besides the points, like, dang. They're playing That's very – and I think – Quinn Snyder has gotten them very, in my opinion, Spurs-esque basketball. You see their ball movement. You see the way that every guy's bought into their role. Nobody's, like, trying to overdo it. Obviously, they know Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley are their two main go-to guys. Jordan Clarkson off the bench is their solidified six-man, and Rudy Gobert is playing his defense, um, kind of contributing when necessary. But they're running – and also I was reading, they're running three guards the whole time. Those three, at least two of them are on the floor. I think like they said, like 70% of their minutes at, at all times. One of those three guys, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and uh, and Jordan Clarkson are on the court at the same time together. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they're so good. And then like Joe Ingles is just a guy who he doesn't pass the eye test at all. But like the way he plays, he's so smart, so smooth. Like, he just fits perfectly in there because you throw, like, one good Euro guy and, like, a group of really talented, like, smart basketball players, and they fit so well. And you saw it out of guys like Boris Diaw and stuff. Like, you would not think that they, like, would be that great. But then they're in there and they move the ball so well and they knock down shots and, like, they don't do anything stupid. And they also know how to guard. And 
Like when you throw that in and like throw it in with a group of guys who are really good, really talented and know how to play well, like it's a very, very dangerous little concoction. Yeah, and also Bogdanovich too is on that team. So there's two Euro it's guys crazy. who are can knock down shots, create for themselves. And I've already made picks. I, I made a pick in my group chat the other night, but I'll go ahead and make it official on the podcast. So I have Quinn Snyder is the all-star starting head coach for the West. He's going to coach team LeBron. He will be coach of the year, and Jordan Clarkson is a lock for sixth man of the year. I will go ahead and put that into existence. Wow. I'm going – I'm rolling with it. It is going to happen. In my Locking opinion – it up, huh? I, I just got to give – Quinn Snyder, his credit, you know, he's a Missouri guy, a former, you know, associate with Coach K and Duke and has that background as well. But yeah, man, I mean, he's finally figured it out. Like we, like you said, regular season wise, they're a really good team. Now playoff, nobody knows how they're going to do. Maybe Donovan right. Mitchell can have a couple 50 point games again, like he did in the bubble last year. But just with the overall aspect of the way they play, my only other option for coach of the year would technically be Steve Nash, but Steve Nash doesn't really have to coach the Nets for them to be good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like how Steve Kerr's first couple years in Golden State. It's like, oh, I've got the team. They just got to play. So, like, you know, Quinn Snyder's actually having to put more into it to make sure every guy buys in. Now, if you can just, as Steve Nash, get KD, Harden, and Kyrie to agree like they have, Kyrie says, I'll play shooting guard and James Harden's playing point, then they're already bought in. Then you ain't got to do nothing. They're just going to get buckets on their own. Right. It's a lot of managing personalities at that point, which it's difficult, but it's it's yeah. definitely not the same as, as doing that and and coaching the team and implementing a bunch of stuff at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And also I was looking at their stats here. What did I have? So based on team stats, they're fourth overall in points per game with 115 and a half. They're number one in the league in rebounds per game with 48.3. Um, shooting wise, field goal percentage, they're about middle of the pack at 13th. And then regarding assists though, they don't really have a lot of assists because I think a lot of guys are creating shots for themselves, but they're, they're 23rd in the league in assists, but very, very good. Um, I test so far on, on their regular season play. And who knows if we get fans back in for playoff time, Utah is going to be a tough place to play in in the playoffs. No doubt. And I was looking at it too. So say LA and um, the Clippers finish like three and four or two and four. The Jazz don't have to play either one of them until the conference finals. So they've got a very good shot at like making a semi run if they can get through the first round and then whoever their opponent is in the second round. Um. So yeah, so – that's kind of so with our kind of our picks. So the All Star starters got announced the other day. Um, so for Team LeBron, let's see who they had. I need to look this up so I don't get anybody wrong. Uh, so in the front court, so we have LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi, Steph, and Luca for the West, and then for the East we have Kyrie, Bradley Beal, KD, Giannis, and Embiid. Um, so since we're doing a, a draft format, we'll have you as team Kevin Durant and I'll be team LeBron and we'll pick our all-star starting lineup and then, um, we'll pick our reserves from there too. So this will be, this will be kind of fun. It's a little bit off the top of the head, but we'll, let's go. 
I like it. I'm KD, you said, right? Yeah, yeah you're team All KD. Right, bet, I'll be team bet. LeBron. So, um, how do we want to do for the uh, for the first pick? Hey, you you can have the first pick. No, you the guest. Actually, you deserve first pick. Okay. Oh, okay. Team Team Kevin Durant. Who are you taking first pick in the draft? Give me. Oof. Give me Giannis. Giannis. Okay. Yeah. Give me Giannis. So we have KD and Giannis right now. Okay, so with my pick, I'm going to have to take um, – we'll go Kawhi Leonard. I need somebody to be able to to guard the, the other um, one of you two. LeBron's got to guard one. Yeah, Kawhi got to guard the other. So whoever it is, KD or Giannis. Uh, from there, I'm going to go – I'm going to go JoJo. Jojo, okay. Yeah, for me. Jojo, for, potential uh, MVP and B. That's what I said. Lead, leading, the, leading the MVP race for me right now. So we're going to go him. He had a 50-piece last night, and I watched it, and I watched the highlights. He's looking good. If he stays healthy, I definitely think he solidified a case for um Right, but MVP. there's like – see, the thing is, though, MVP, like, cool. He, he, I think he's got a good shot. But, like, when you get to playoff time – and you get the you late clock, up. and you're just trying to play through the center, bro. It's so hard, so yeah. hard to play through the center, especially crunch time, just because like I think they, it's you're a, not knocking down shots around him; they're just going to collapse on him, and then there's nothing he could do. So I think I think that's the the case for how the Nuggets were so good. Is obviously Jamal Murray blew up, but in my opinion, Jokic is more of a creator than Embiid, so it's yeah. a lot harder and it's easier to move with the center as your focal point because you don't have to worry about, oh, can he make a pass? Like if nobody's open or create for himself. Right. Embiid, I think, has to be to create for himself. He's got to be in the block about mid free throw line and in. But like with Jokic, dude can do a one-footer from the freaking three-point line. And... Exactly, bro. Okay, so you did JoJo. I'm going to go ahead and – so I'll go ahead and take Yoke then um, on this one. So – Keeping it a little friendly in the West right now, just to to get that, and then uh, I I gotta have somebody to be able to guard and bead. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm going Steph. Okay. The resurgence, he's back and unbelievable, dude. Like a lot of people don't like Steph Curry. It's weird because like all the young kids, like young kids that I train, bro, all love Steph Curry. All young kids love Steph Curry, and then you get to kids like our age. People like our age don't like him for some reason. And I, I, I think love the way he plays. I think it's for the simple fact that he kind of came and started blowing up in a period where everybody's favorite player at our age is Kevin Durant and LeBron and guys like that, you know, like in that that area. Now, Steph is Steph is up there is amazing. The man is the best shooter of all time. Um I'll I'll finally for a while there at the beginning of his career when he kind of blew up I was like he's got a chance but you know like still looking at Reggie Miller and Ray Allen in the past and then when he went through that four year stretch with Golden State I'm like yeah this this dude is unreal this man is literally going through three or four screens curling up to the logo and just pulling from nothing and hitting and he and I definitely think that he is that that like all the kids that you said like him i think that he is their version of lebron or kd to them because 
they've never seen anything like this. So they see a little six foot two guard pulling up from anywhere, hitting, you know, makes a big difference in the impact I th- on the. I game. think it made it more realistic for everyone too. Like, my thing is, none of us are gonna be LeBron or KD. Like, yeah, we're not gonna be gifted with the height yeah. and the athleticism. Like, right. Steph so is a basic semi athletic kid who can showed you by just working hard coming out of Davidson, make your name right. for yourself. Like it can, sh- it shows kids that like, Hey, like you're not going to be LeBron James. So like, but there's this guy who's similar to what you look like in like size and, and like build. And that could be you if you're good enough. Like it gives yeah. them hope to where like, I'm never going to be six, nine, six, ten, But like, if I, if I got a game, I got a game and that's it. Yeah, for sure. So you take Steph. I'm going to have to go with Bradley Beal. Um, I felt very um, upset last year that he um, didn't get an all-star. Um, a lot of people said, well, you know, the Wizards are the last team in the East. My bro, I don't care. Dude is averaging 30 a game, and he is not an all-star starter or an all-star reserve. Like, so, and he's from the Lou. Got support, to support the Missouri, Missouri home state. But – I just think he's another guy. It's like Steph. Obviously, he's not to that supreme level, but he's definitely shown since John Wall left, and even with Russ still there, that he can average 30 a game coming off of every screen. He can create his own shot. He can score at all three levels. Like, he's he's definitely taking this game to another level, and I definitely think that um, he – has definitely just proved that he belongs. And I hope, I know me and Cobb kind of talked to potential landing spots, but I hope dude gets on a team where he can compete and go for a ring because he definitely deserves that. He doesn't deserve to be at the bottom of the East every year, averaging 30 right. a day. That's just right. not, it's not what he I needs. agree. I agree. Uh, let's see. So this is my last start. I'm going, give me Luca. Luca. Okay. My team's so nice. My team's smack. <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll see there. Well, this is the thing we have for you. Um, I love Luca to death, my semi twin, playing very good. Now he definitely deserves the nod, but I kind of think also Damian Lillard could have taken his spot as a potential All Star no starter. Doubt. Dame Lillard is in the MVP conversation now, but he is uh, with him, LeBron and Embiid, and he's got Portland to a four seed without CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum is still out and hurt, and this man is crazy crazy this man is probably one of the most clutch shooters and just like tough shots like nitty-gritty point guard i have seen in a while and i think he also doesn't get the respect he deserves i'm putting it out there right now facts he is built different so yeah so with my last pick i have Kyrie. um love Kyrie, duke boy but uh hopefully he doesn't decide to uh skip out on the all-star game you know i need i need him there to to play so um but no yeah so definitely i think i don't know bro i think we match up pretty decent you know i think we got everybody can guard everybody now steph and luca i'm gonna expose you on defense that's all i know you can get Kyrie on defense i know you You can expose him but you tell me who's playing defense in the all-star game and i'll show you the scores from the last couple years and we don't need (laughs) defense we just gotta score Okay, well, we know last year defense had to be played at the end because there was a score limit to be reached, and they're doing that again this year. So um, that's fine. I got. I'll count. Giannis. I'll count defense in the fourth quarter. We'll do defense in the fourth quarter. We'll go. I got Giannis, JoJo to block shots, and KD. I'm fine, bro. I got enough defense and all the <laughs> offense I need. 
Okay, so now we will. So since reserves aren't like they're picked by coaches and not media, we'll kind of go through and pick. Since you're in the since your team KD and you're the East, you get to pick your Eastern reserves, and then since I'm in the West, I get to pick Western reserves. Okay. Um, so I'll let you go first. So I don't know how many they typically do. I think it's like what three. Three and three, three guards and three forwards, or is it? I think it's 12, 12 guys. 12 total. Okay, so we need seven guys. Okay. Cool. So cool. Okay, yeah. Through these a little quicker. Give yeah, me, uh, I'll go, I'll go two to start with. I'm going to go Chris Middleton and Jason okay. Tatum. Okay, Chris and Jason. Definitely two solid picks. Um, I think Middleton's played really well this year so far. Um, after the bubble, he kind of, you know, I felt disappeared um, against Miami in some stretches. And also, when they stopped Giannis, it was really hard because he had become the number one guy. And I don't know if he is, but he's definitely a good a good two option. And he's been playing well. And Jason Tatum, even though the Celtics are 500, Jason Tatum has been balling out as well. Dude, in my opinion, is is right behind, I think, if we consider Giannis, I don't know if we're considering him a, a center now or if he's like still like a small power forwardish, but like J- Jason Tatum is like two or three regarding like forwards, I think, in the Eastern right. Conference. Okay, so I will go with um I'm gonna go with Dame Lillard and PG because Paul George has definitely played out of his mind this year after his uh hall instant um hitting off the side of the backboard and uh getting, you know bounced by the nuggets they said you know he he'd had a rough you know mental aspect and he got help and i think he's definitely came out career number of years um so that and then we already kind of touched on dame so those are my two off the bench so far um i think next so like you can say what you want about him as far as like how he handled the situation early on but james harden's gonna be an all-star yeah so i'll put him on there uh, I heard uh, some people were saying that he didn't deserve it just for the way he did act. And I'm like, dude, if he's balling out, he's balling out regardless of like, like they said, it's like, it's not participation trophy on just how you're doing. Like if you're balling out and you're a guy who's meant to be an all-star, you're going to be an all-star. I will say that's another situation where though, like teams can bench players cause they're going to trade them and stuff. And like teams can handle it. However, but like, that's one where the player took control of his own situation. And that's what people don't like. But I kind of respect how it happened. He was like, I'm out. I don't want to be here. And the second he got to Brooklyn, bro, he just changed his attitude and he was good to go. And like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the best way, but like you can see how much happier he is now. And that's huge. No, yeah, for sure. I definitely respected how Draymond came out the other night and LeBron touched on it. How like, you know, yeah, like you can go ahead and tell Andre Drummond, we're going to trade you so you can't play. But if he were to come out and request a trade like AD did, he's getting fined. And then right. they're just going to bench him, you know, let, let the players have at least some impact of power. Like, obviously I get, they're going to make the decision overall. Obviously you can't choose where you get traded, but like, if you're going to trade him regardless, then like, let him have the power to say he wants to be traded. I think, you know, it's like a double sided sword. A lot of people don't let that happen as much as it should, you know, cause for example, take, KD situation, LeBron, they leave him free HC. Oh, they're not loyal or anything like that. But yet at the same time, how's the team loyal? 
James Harden technically had two years left on his contract. If James Harden said he wanted to stay, but they wanted to get him out, then Houston didn't agree to finish his contract. You know what I'm saying? It's like a play on. So I definitely think there needs to be some change with it. I definitely agree that he should be an all-star. Um, I just didn't like the fact that he had to put John Wall and Boogie and all them underneath the bus. Like, bro, you ain't even played a game with these guys yet. Right. And you're saying, well, right. it's, you know, I don't have the pieces here. This is just ain't right. what it is. Right. So I agree. Okay. So you took James Harden. So I am going to go with, let's go Anthony Davis. I know he's kind of underperformed a little bit at games, but he's definitely given me enough of a sample size in games that he's played when he's healthy. Um, now, obviously I selected him. I don't think he'll play in the all-star game just because of his calf injury and they want to make sure he's healthy for, you know, that push for the playoffs and another championship run. But um, he's going to be an all-star regardless, no matter how he's played, you know, he's had his numbers have dipped. I think he's kind of played, but also I'm giving them the credit that they played they had 76 days in between the the NBA championship and the start of the next season. So he ended the finals banged up. So I think he just kind of, he got healthy, but if you know, you still got to train and stuff. So he may have just had some nagging injuries carrying through, but. Right. Um, let's see. All right. I'm going to throw two, three names at you. Okay. All right. Give me Jalen Brown. Okay. Gordon Hayward and Bam Adebayo. Okay. So, um, yeah, I agree. Bam, Bam's probably one of the best centers in the East right now. Jalen Brown's having an amazing year. Um, I think, you know, even with Jason Tatum out with health pro and Kimba, he definitely made a leap. And that is honestly one of the best two-way guards um in the league right now i think so you got so that's okay so you got six okay so now can you kind of explain to me so i've been reading a little bit about him in his case but what what's the case for um gordon hayward i'm just curious i haven't really watched him at all this year um right i haven't i haven't a lot either let me i heard though that they they have rated the hornets as the league pass mvp team so far this season with Lamelo, miles bridges and all those guys a lot of people are like him and you know i think okay so he's averaging 22.3 five and a half rebounds 3.8 assists he's shooting 42 from three and close to 50 from the field right so yeah i mean he's definitely definitely I think I think Charlotte makes the playoffs this year. Um, if they can keep it up, I know they've kind of had some success. And I think it's kind of good to see him come back. I think he took a lot of hate and a lot of bash in Boston just because he wasn't healthy at all through his stint there. And right. And that's a that's a tough, tough situation to be in. And yeah. like, yeah. So I mean, like per 36 minutes, he's at 22, 22.6 points, like 48.6 from three. Like his numbers are really good, and I don't I don't have advanced stats in front of me. Oh, here we go. Give me some. Um, but I was listening to uh, the Low Post podcast the other day. Zach Lowe is an ESPN writer, and they were talking about him as like someone who's kind of slept on as an All Star this year that they liked a lot. Um, and I don't remember exactly what they were talking about. But I remember it stuck with me, and I wanted him on my team when you brought yeah. that up. So. Oh, he's he's shooting uh, almost 60% true shooting percentage. 
exactly. that's, that's definitely really good. Yeah, he's he's definitely, and that's the thing too. You know, I think he's not in the spotlight anymore on a on a big time playoff team. So for him, he's able just to play ball and get back to how he was back right. in Utah. Okay, so you did those. Let me throw three at you. So, um, write mine down real quick so I can. Okay, so Chris Paul, um, Zion Williamson, and let's go Donovan Mitchell. I've got to give one of those, uh, one of those guards in Utah, and in my opinion, Donovan Mitchell is more important and more of the focal point in Utah than Mike Conley, even though he's having a great year. Um, so, yeah, so Donovan Mitchell's on and CP3. CP3, man, he's not on that Phoenix team. I don't even know if they make the playoffs. Like, they'd probably contend and make Brave. maybe a bubble eighth, but he's made them like a fringe, like, deep run team. Like, I think, like, if they right. can figure it out how they did the end of the year, you know, Devin Booker's playing really well um and all of that i think they definitely can get there now my case for zion um zion is obviously pelicans aren't as good as everybody thought they've kind of slumped a little bit um i was kind of borderline thinking brandon ingram for this year again but he he kind of has fell down a little bit in his numbers but zion's i just let's be real even his stats are decent, but I just want Zion in the game for the highlights. You have, throw, you have to <laughs> throw him right. in the game for some some nice alley oops, some good dunks, and you know we'll go from there. But um, okay, so you got one pick left. Okay, and if I'm gonna be real, I'm not gonna judge you. But if you don't pick who I'm thinking you should pick, then I'm definitely gonna be very upset. That's fine. Just remember that. This was thrown at me right before we started, so I'm I know, I know. Well, here. I'm just, I'm just thinking. There's, there's two guys that I have on my mind, and one of them I think should be in it, but and one technically could too. I, I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast today on them picking theirs, and these two guys like made sense. But I definitely agree with all your cases though for yours as well. Give me, let's see, give me a uh, Jimmy Butler. Okay. Okay. Who who was the one? Who was the one? Zach Levine, bro. Nah. I am all on the Zach Levine train. This Get man's averaging here, 28 and a half, five and five. That's fine. Good for him. Oh man. That's see, that's one of those him. guys that's just balling out that I think deserves. But I can see Jimmy Butler's case. I think the only knock against him, in my opinion, was I don't know how many games has he missed due to COVID. Did he miss a lot? I don't remember. I think he was out for a little bit, though, in Miami's run. That's why I was contemplating the all-star case. But Jimmy does impact that Miami Heat team more than people think. Um, No doubt. Yeah, I'm looking at the list here. A lot of people mentioned that, you know, Julius Randle ranked Sabonis and Jeremy Grant. No, I'm sorry. I don't care if Julius Randle's in New York, like, 24 a game, but he's just not. There's a lot of other guys. I want my all-star game to be exciting. Well, not only that, but, like, you want guys you know, like, Julius Randle's had great numbers here and there, but, like, he's never consistently done 24 a game, you know, in in there. And then Jeremy Grant's having, like, an insane year in Detroit, but obviously, like, Detroit's last in the East, but he is, like, out here having an insane year. Um, Yeah, it was Zach Levine for me or Ben Simmons, um, just because Ben Simmons doesn't have the – Right. He doesn't have the offensive stats, but Buddy is going to probably be my pick for defensive player of the year. He's right. Dead. I agree. I agree. I could easily put Ben Simmons in there. Okay. So for my last one, 
Um, I heard this on the pod, and so I was picking for a sleeper. Um, I'm going to go Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Love that. Yes, I definitely do too. Uh, They were kind of like talking about some stats, and he is doing very good right now um, for um, the Thunder, even though they're not that good. Um, He's 6'6 PG. 22.2 a game, 5.3 rebounds, 6.4 assists. Um, His three-point percentage is about 39. Um, He's shooting 50 um, from the field. And they're just kind of like letting him run, Um, you know, with he's getting about 33.8 minutes a game. So I don't have any of his advanced stats in front of me. But just by watching him, you know, he's – Definitely shown flashes last year. I think he was kind of behind Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. So, like, really wasn't much to, like, see. You saw flashes, but he didn't play a lot. Right. Um, And then in Clippers as well, too, um, that year before they got Kawhi and PG. But definitely think, you know, he is a young, exciting guard. And I think hopefully he's the future for the Thunder. Now, I saw a couple other people they suggested. Really wasn't feeling it. Christian Wood. Not a bad guy, potential, but not in his first year in Houston. Um, uh, ja Morant, he's been hurt too much, in my opinion, over Chris Paul and Shea. CJ's been hurt. Um, they said DeMar DeRozan. Uh, wasn't really feeling that one either. And then the only other one was Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert, in my opinion, does not deserve to be in the All-Star game. I don't care if he's defensive play of the year. He's not exciting to me. It's yeah. all about uh, All-Star is about being exciting, bro, and I just like – yeah, I don't care sure. if you're standing in the lane blocking shots in the All Star game. Get out of here, bro. I want yeah. Steph to dunk it one time. That's the, like, hey, Chris that's Paul the got the dunk last year. Exactly, I'm that's what I'm see, here for. I see my guys out here thrive in the fun environment, not being so. worried about freaking Rudy Gobert sliding <laughs> over and swatting it. Get out of here, hey man. If anybody tried to punch on him, I wish they would. Like Anthony Edwards is dunk last night. Did you see that highlight? crazy bro did you see that dunk bro <laughs> i was <laughs> i was watching room buddy's whole life i was watching the whole clip and he relocated with the left dribble so i'm like watching the video first i'm like okay he's gonna pull up for three i'm like oh no he's getting a full head of steam took two dribbles i'm like oh it's over and i was like oh my god i saw he jumped over buddy knocked him down everything i'm like trying to ruin his whole life Bro. I'm pretty sure he did. His career was over. He probably did. <laughs> His career was over. I, one of my buddies said he, he's going to be thinking about help defense for the rest of his life. He said, put him <laughs> on the net so he ain't got to worry about playing help D because they don't play D at all. That's fun. Oh, shout out to Sam for that text. That was a that was a good laugh last night. So That's no, amazing. Yeah, man. That is a – I'm going to I'm gonna take – this is a very even matchup. Um, so they got to play to the, the Kobe score. So – I don't even know what the prediction will be. We'll just say I'm going to say that uh, I am going to take the edge of you slightly if if my starters show up decently. 144 to 1. Hey, put it put it to the put it to the gram. Put it on uh put it on show our teams, let them vote on it, put it on there. Let the people decide. Okay, we will. We will. Okay, we'll do that. I'll do it after the show. I'll put I'll put the post up and we'll we'll get it going. So yeah, man. Well, it's great chatting with you. I think that's all the time we have for today. Also, guys, please go check out the Home and Away podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, on all platform streaming now, and also on YouTube as well. So thank you, my brother. Appreciate you coming on.
Yeah, appreciate you having me, man. Um, I think it's really cool what you're doing. And uh, I think kind of climbing together so it's cool and uh, yeah. we need to have you on our soon so i know we got some people lined up but we can't wait to have you on yeah for sure and it was glad to have you both on already now got both of you now you guys are stepping in your own way so i'm excited to see that and then also side note 99 days bro how are you feeling 99 days to Dude, your wedding it's cool so it's super weird because like we're already married technically but like I don't know. I'm so hyped for the wedding, bro. Because being so far away, I don't see anybody anymore. So I'm just happy, like excited to have all my boys, have all the family up here and like just have some fun. So I think the ceremony is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Fargo is like a really cool city that people don't really know. Uh, Wintertime, it sucks. But in the summer, it's a lot of fun. So I'm excited to have everyone up here to see it. I know sure. I'm excited too. I, I need to book my ticket. So uh, what what what's the what's the weather going to be like? Do I need to prepare for this for this wedding? It's I mean May thirtieth should be straight. Should be like eighty seventies some sunshine. Well, yeah, seventies okay. eighty five. Like okay. it'll be nice. Okay. It'll All be right. windy because it's always windy here. But other than that, like it'll it'll be nice by then. Hopefully. Okay. Well, sounds good, my man. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Later, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in and if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more in the future, please like and subscribe below. Also, follow us on all social platforms for all the news regarding crunch time.